Welcome to The Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. I'm Suzanne Webb, and my guest today is Catherine Greenwood, otherwise known as BUP Greenwood. BUP, welcome to The Sages Among Us. Thank you, Mary. It's great to be here. And I've just used your nickname. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. BUP Greenwood is president of uh, AAUW of Nevada County, and that's American Association of University Women. BUP Greenwood is a true California girl, born and raised in Northern California, She was born in Sacramento and lived in small rural towns nearby, but by age 10, the family settled on 40 acres on Wolf Road outside Grass Valley. She graduated from Nevada Union High School, earned a bachelor's degree in English and philosophy from UC Davis, and a master's in education from CSU Stanislaus. After working for UC Davis for nine years, she entered the teaching field, and recently retired to Nevada County. Bup, what more mm-hmm. can you tell us about about your childhood and where you grew up and what your family was like? Oh, my goodness. Um, I am really a local girl here. My family bounced around. Um, my dad was in World War II, and he moved to California after that, and we had several places we lived. But we settled up here when I was 10, and... I was the youngest of five kids, and for me, it was just a terrific childhood. We had 40 acres. We had cows, uh, sheep. I had a horse. Um, I joined 4-H, which was a great organization um, and still is in this county. We showed cattle at the county fair, um, and in those days, uh, the the girls had a dormitory on the fairgrounds, so we stayed there for all, all the five days of the competition. Oh, um, how fun. So a little bit different. Yeah, it was fun. It was a great slumber party up at the um, the fairgrounds. Um, and then I went, to, I went to Pleasant Ridge, which was out on Wolf Road. It's no longer at the same location, but the area is still there. The school's gone to more where the students are. And when I started there, it was the first year after... Um, they had gone to a more a larger school from a one-room schoolhouse. Um, the year before we moved there, there was a one-room schoolhouse that still stands there, but it's a home now. And we they moved into the 20th century for <laughs> for us to arrive and to be at Pleasant Ridge. So it was a new school, great teachers, um, good experience all around. And I had uh, good teachers at the high school and moved on to college from here. And so your parents, uh, your mother was a teacher. My mother was a teacher. My dad was a doctor, um, and he got his training in psychiatry, which he found interesting, and he worked at DeWitt Hospital in Auburn for many years. That's when it still was a hospital before it was closed and became sort of a a county center. 
So it was a DeWitt hospital. Many people worked there, and he was a doctor there. Um, so we were more oriented towards Auburn than to Grass Valley, because that's where Dad worked. And Mom worked just a few miles away at Pleasant Ridge School. Um, and, I mean, I there are several familiar things. When I come up Highway 49 and I pass Pingree Lane, well, Mrs. Pingree was the principal of Pleasant Ridge for many years. I mean, there's lots of little echoes of the community. Um, I had yeah. brothers and sisters here. Um, we all went through 4-H and went through the local high schools and then moved on to different places. Um, just familiar names. The Demartinis, Dave Demartini was my brother's best friend, and they both went to Idaho to school together. I mean, lots of names and connections here, mm-hmm. which, is, which is why I moved um, back some... up when we retired. Yeah, yeah, it was so familiar, and you loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any role models when you grew up that you were that really shaped your life? I had great teachers. Um, the teachers at Pleasant Ridge, I mean, at that time there was pretty much just each school, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, each grade had just one class. So whatever the fourth grade teacher was, fifth grade teacher. And we just had terrific teachers who nurtured learning and and learning words and vocabulary and reading. Um, it was a, a great foundation. They were a good role model. Uh, but honestly, my parents were terrific role models. Um, they were, they believed in being part of the community and in um, helping their neighbors. My dad, as a doctor, uh, worked, but he also, um, some of the local farmers would come up and ask Doc Kingston for advice about what was going on with them. And, you know, you just, you become part of the area and part of the community, and those lessons stayed with me. Um, in some ways and bad ways. I remember it was funny when we were a kid, we moved out here, and we still had party lines out on Wolf Road. So kids these days have their own phones. Well, in those days, there was one phone for all the families in that little area, and you'd pick up the phone, and there would be someone else talking, and you'd know, yeah, well, our neighbor is talking, so we got to try our call later and yeah that just people don't understand that but you communicate you cooperate with your neighbors and in lots of ways mm-hmm. did you have any jobs uh before you went away to college um not much we lived it was about 16 miles to town so as a kid that makes it pretty hard to get a job what we did have, we raised cattle in 4-H, and then we'd sell our cows at the auction each year, so that brought in a small income, but that was our, um, that was a good lesson in being an entrepreneur. You would r- raise the cow, feed them, train them, show them, sell them, um, and then save some money for the next year, for the next year's calf, and um, bank the rest for your college fund. Um, and I imagine that's pretty demanding. It's a job in and of itself to, you know, uh, feed them and water them and uh, make sure there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, Some of those. So. But, it, I mean, I don't think it's hard as uh, a full-time job because we lived in the country, so you could kind of do that on the fly. And, and honestly, cows are pretty pleasant creatures. They're They're not the smartest, but they're nice and they're kind of fun to train and to groom and to get fixed up. So, yeah, that was it. Not yeah. many jobs, though. My mo- my main jobs were when I went to school. 
Uh-huh. So you got into UC Davis and mm-hmm. graduated. Okay. And was I right that your major was education and philosophy or just one of those? It was English and philosophy, not the most practical. The English part was practical. Um, and then I, I got out and um, I had a first marriage and I ended up working well. He went back and got his master's. Um, and that first job was my real first eight to five job. Uh, I worked in the a division of the veterinary school as a lab assistant. So nothing to do with English, but it was really interesting to uh, learn more about science and to use science. We in our lab we made all the materials that were used in the microbiology classes and in the vet school. So when you took your animal down and it, you thought it had a an infection, and they took a culture and then grew it to see what the animal had. We're the ones who made those test tubes and the uh, petri dishes with the stuff in them to tell you what is it that your animal has. Um, and it was it was a team effort. It was the it was what I missed about teaching. Teaching is a great job, but you're so often in the classroom by yourself. You're the only adult there with the students. It's not a collaborative effort. It is in some ways, but you're running the show. Um, so working in a laboratory with about 10 people, that was fun. It was fun to have a group of 10 people who had sort of different aspects of the job, but we're all there to get stuff done and work together and have a lot of fun doing it. And that school has just become a huge part of UC Davis. I mean, it's kind of what mm-hmm. they're known for. And maybe yeah. maybe they were when you went to school there as oh, well. Yeah, they were. It's, it's been like that many, many years. Uh, there aren't very many veterinary schools in the country, so they've been a magnet for veterinary students and all the associated majors and science for many, many years. The veterinary school was there before the med school, um, and many of the same areas lead into both. You need microbiology and chemistry and many of the same things, whether you're going to be a vet or be a doctor. So they were all set to have the med school. Do you have memories of any uh, outbreaks of any diseases or uh, salmonella or any, you know, anything like that that um, might have been part of the action? Um, none of the outbreaks. We, we made um, brucellosis is a cow disease. It's pretty serious and along with supplying the schools, um, all the classes with the media they needed, we also sent materials out to veterinarians all over the state. And I know when I went later to teach, uh, I went to some of the same uh, towns that we had been sending media to and some of the veterinary uh, large, large dairy ranches who had outbreaks of brucellosis and the the ability to identify that and isolate those cows quickly is critical in saving your herd. So in that way, yeah, I found echoes of what we were doing throughout. Well, your 4-H training really worked <laughs> well for you. <laughs> right. Carry it on. Yeah. So you, so you left Davis after nine years and decided to get into teaching. Um mm-hmm. So you, you went back to school and got a master's in education and a teaching credential. Okay, I did the first thing. It was working at the lab that made me go back to teaching because I hadn't intended to be a teacher. But we at the lab, we got a couple of trainees. We'd been told we were shorthanded, and we told they, the state was going to fund a couple of extra workers for us through a, a program that was hiring 
people who didn't have much training or being unemployed and were going back to work. So we prepared all these materials so that they would know what to do, little cards to say how you do this, how you do that. And these two, you know, middle-aged ladies came, and they were really nice, but they were not able to follow the written directions, really. They were great if you could show them each each thing to do by hand, one by one, but you couldn't just hand them directions and know that they'd be able to do it. And that was shocking to me. And I decided, well, they do need teachers, because if these women went through our education system and they, their skills are not better than this, they need teachers to really connect with people and, and do that. And that's what put me back into teaching, um, and I have never regretted that change. It's been a really rewarding career. And um, did you know that you wanted to be, were you, you were an elementary teacher, right? No, I was a high school teacher. Oh. I started out in oh, junior high, school. high, high school, secondary all the time, yes. Um, high school okay. English and worked in junior high for three years and then moved up to a high school in Turlock that was um, was a lot of fun. It was a large town that was a town, sort of like Grass Valley is, in that it wasn't a commuter town. Uh, many of the towns in the Central Valley, which is where I was teaching, um, so many of the families are traveling to the Bay Area for jobs, and they come home uh, at the end of the day very late, and it really changes the personality of the school because those parents are not really there, and the town is very different. And I was lucky enough to teach at Dos Palos and at Turlock, which really were self-contained towns. They weren't commuters leaving to someplace else. That was their town, their schools. Their kids were there, and it really made the school and the whole community stronger. I'm Suzanne Webb, and my guest today is Bob Greenwood, president of AAUW. And, uh, Bob, I want to ask you just a little bit more of your uh, work background, and then we would really like to get into AAUW and all the opportunity here for people to join and participate. Yes. yeah, so you were in the Central Valley as a teacher, and you were at the high school level uh, teaching mostly reading, right? Well, teaching all correct? kinds of English. I, I taught every oh. um, la- level of English for ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th and 12th. I taught English learners and advanced placement. Um, I got my master's in reading, but that was really to help me with all students, um, there are many students who have trouble reading, and they're not in a separate reading class at the high school level usually, but the more the teacher knows about strategies to help them comprehend what they're reading, the better prepared you are. Mm-hmm. Well, things have really changed in the Valley, haven't they, since the time you were, uh, well, growing up and then uh, teaching, and and I don't know if you have any experience today, but uh, that's sort of been... My, my home where I've grown up and um, you know English is a second language to so many people of course a lot of Hispanics there was only one Hispanic family in the town I lived in when I was growing up when I was a little girl and mm-hmm. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a huge part of it now yes it's changed uh-huh. a lot and and in Manteca which is where I did much of my teaching in the last 15 years uh, Hispanics yes but we had um, ethnic 
groups of all kinds, and we had uh, students who came not speaking the language uh, from the Philippines, from India, from Japan and China, I mean, as well as Hispanics, and every so often I would get someone from uh, speaking German or French who was new, but a lot of from a lot of people from the Philippines and from India in that mix mm. also, not just yeah. Hispanics. So, mm-hmm. Laotian, uh, yes. Vietnamese. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and all and of, of those now are the best students I have ever had. Um, I taught advanced placement mm-hmm. and English learners as well as English regular English classes, and some of the hardest working and most motivated students I had were the English learners. They so wanted to learn and to excel and to be able to uh, understand this world they were in and mm-hmm. get everything they could out of the out of their education. That's inspiring. Yeah, they were just so great. Yeah. So so then you moved. You retired and moved uh, into Nevada County. Is that mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I retired about ten years ago, and my husband and I, when he retired, we moved back up here. I still have family here. My stepmom's here, and I've got a couple of sisters. Um, so it's it's still a lot of connections and and home up here and. Mm. Love, love the activities outdoors and the community. It's it's a nice place. Now, other than AUW, have you uh, been involved in other nonprofit organizations or? Um, you know, I'm not. I mostly do AUW, and I try to use AUW to make connections and to collaborate with other groups. Um, for example. We had a program in January that was a collaboration with Community Beyond Violence, and that was an eye-opening program for me on um, domestic abuse and ways to deal with and support those who are being abused or assaulted. Um, and that was a. In that way, I reach out and interact with other organizations, but most of my time goes to AUW and then my family because if I, if I volunteer too much, they're like, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you retired. Where are you? Uh, so, um, so that's the monthly meeting that mm-hmm. uh, AUW has, which is an educational uh, forum. Yes, um, every month we have a meeting the third Saturday of the month, and that's our opportunity to their public meetings, so we reach out to the community, and we try to pick topics which are dear to American Association of University Women's Hearts, which is opportunity and equity for women uh, to air topics in which women are challenged, and not just women, but women are our primary focus. So we've had lots of interesting topics. The Community Beyond Violence one was really important to us because we know during the pandemic with people being shut in, the incidence of domestic violence has risen. So that was really important to us to do at this time. Um, but we've the next program we're having in April is uh, a look at the forms of elder abuse and what we can do about those. So in that, we have a speaker from Adult Services in Nevada County. Kelly Carpenter is going to speak. Uh, and we have an expert on global cybersecurity uh, to help to help give us answers about what do you do with all those 
spam calls and how do you safeguard your information and things. Um, so those are inter- those are of interest to women, but of course, everybody needs to be protected, not just women. That's kind of our goal in the monthly program to have something that's entertaining, but also connects in a an important way that to a topic people might need to know more mm-hmm. about. Okay, so AAUW is an old organization that started in the 1880s, mm-hmm. um, and uh, to uh, focus on women and education and opportunity, like you said, and the local chapter has uh, programs you can uh, within the organization that you can participate in. Should we talk about all the all the different options if you uh, become a member of AAUW? Yeah, there's great. We've been in this county since 1937, I'm proud to say. Uh, And we started giving scholarships for girls just a few years after that. Um, So as an organization, we have a monthly meeting. Uh, We have a couple of efforts that are ongoing all the time that we try to help girls and focus on education. Education, of course, university women, is a key thing. When the group started in 1881, that was a time where you can understand there were hardly any women in higher education, so that was the main focus, promote education and equity. Um, but locally, we have awarded scholarships. We currently award uh, about 14,000 in scholarships to girls from all of the high schools. Uh, members are currently reading those scholarship applications right now. It's a pretty exciting time. Um, we also are giving more scholarships this year. One of our members left us a very generous bequest. So for the first time, we're offering uh, some renewable $4,000 scholarships thanks to Cleo Gibson, who's a past president and a very generous and interesting woman. Um, mm. In addition to that, at the moment, the application is closed tomorrow. Cleo Gibson's part of her grant bequest to us, we're using for grants for educational projects in the community, and the deadline for those grants is tomorrow, April 1st, and we're going to see what we've got and start um, reading the grants and seeing who we can support in the community with some effort that supports uh, women, but not, not strictly women or girls, and is related in some way to education. That's a pretty exciting new effort that's just starting this year. Uh, the other program that TechTrek is familiar to some people, um, we support this program called TechTrek, which focuses on girls at the end of their seventh grade year uh, and sponsors a summer camp at UC Davis that's all about STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, um, because they've, studies show that girls are right there in science and math until the end of middle school, and then suddenly they hit high school, and girls just suddenly it's not cool to be in math. So the Tech Trek program sponsors girls at that critical age, so they make connections, they build relationships, and they get a real eye-opening look that, that changes careers. Um, of what they want to do and how fun the different fields are. So that Tech Trek opportunity this year is a little odd because last summer, because of COVID, we couldn't run the class. So we still had our Tech Trekkers from 2020. So this year they are going to go to a virtual camp, and we're pretty excited about that. It's a mm-hmm. cool program, and it's a great thing to do. I mean, 
we stay in touch with the girls for years and years. We have students who were former tech trekkers who are now graduates of college who are in postgraduate work who are working all over this country in different STEM fields, and they're so fun to see where they've gone. They just yeah, that's so gratifying. But um, so members, that's uh, you certainly mentor uh, young girls, but then mm-hmm. members, it's uh, it all the organization also um, inspires lifelong u- learning, and you can join different interest groups like book club or uh, great decisions is uh, from the Foreign Policy Association, uh, yeah. where you can um, stay current with uh, some huge. Uh, uh, technological uh, and complex uh, topics. Um, yes, exactly. Um, both those are good because we know that we want to do good, but we also want to have fun. And women able to learn together and talk about books together, it's just wonderful. Um, that's one of the things I get out of AUW. When I moved up here and I left my work comrades behind, I miss them dearly, but I have discovered in the women of AEUW, many of the same kind of interest and uh, subject mm-hmm. matters. So, yes, great decisions is just we learn so much and we get to talk about it together and help each other understand it. And we have book groups. We have an arts and crafts group. We have cooking groups once COVID is over so we can get together and cook, um, gardening groups, all kinds of interest. And a hiking group. The hiking group has done a little hiking at, at distance, not not big groups, but we're keeping it going, so we have those friendships still. So how can people join AEUW or certainly look into it? Um, the easiest way is to go to our webpage, and I won't try and give you the exact web address because I never remember those. Just Google AAUW Nevada County and you will find our webpage and there's information on there about how to join there's also information about the next meetings and there's information about the interest groups um, our scholarship winners from the past everything's on there we have a okay. great webmaster so Buck, what are you hoping to um, accomplish uh, during your two-year stint as uh, president of the organization I think I'd like to get sort of listen to the community and see how AEW can help support um, women in more ways. And that might be even fun ways. We had a great time at Christmas making Christmas stockings for um, the students who are mentored by CASA, the child advocates. Uh, so there's lots of ways we can do it. We're sort of, we have a little committee right now looking into different ways we might help the community we're talking to the school talking to the homeless coordinators all kinds of ways i personally am really concerned about keeping girls safe all the stories we hear about abusers or women who are taken advantage of the latest one was from uc um, those really alarm me we need to give our children tools to know how to protect themselves and how to deal with things. Yes, so much to do. And it was a pleasure talking with you today, uh, Bob. And uh, good luck with your, your key role. Thank you. Thank you.
You've been listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC, Camino Placerville. I'm Suzanne Webb. Thank you for listening.